As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hear that podcast growling, mean and angry. Hear that couple shouting, it's Stainer and Dave Ninemitz. It's Stainer and Dave Ninemitz. All right, welcome into the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Alan Pollinger Jr. and Dave Nenemitz of The Athletic with you on the walkout. As uh, Dave, this was a 13-13 tie. And if I were to tell you without having watched a snap that this was a 13-13 tie, like you would say, yeah, I know what that should feel like. Yeah. What happened is exactly what a 13-13 tie <laughs> feels like. Yeah. And really uninspiring. Yeah, I mean, when the game starts with 10 minutes of one Atlanta drive that ends up in no points, that there's almost a quarter of the game gone with nothing happening. So, yeah. Yeah. That's that's uh it was <laughs> you, you know, imagine being one of the Bengals starters on defense all right guys <laughs> get our four plays Look, in we're gonna just go out there yeah. get a couple of plays in you know yeah. suit it up knock heads a little bit and then uh, go sit down and put your ball caps on <laughs> next thing you know you're double digit plays deep plus penalties you're yeah. deep in the red zone a challenge like you're just like <laughs> forget it I mean, they even subbed out the D line after like make once they got into the red zone of the challenge, yeah. like to let the big guys know it's over. We're sorry about this. Yeah. Uh, it was not exactly, but they ended up doing what the Bengals first team defense often yeah. has done the last couple of years, which is find a way to get a stop in the red zone and get a turnover yeah. uh, down there in the red zone. I, there were, there were good things to take from that. I mean, I, I, you can't be too excited that they let up that long of a drive and there were times that it looked like Bijan Robinson can make one more move and go all the way if they weren't careful. But Cam Taylor Britt was just stuffing dudes. I yeah. mean, um, you know, Osai right out of the gate, he looked he looked good the whole time he was in. And the interception was more just kind of Johnny on the spot, but he looked great. So that you know, there was good things to take from it, but ultimately, I mean, that's what that's what Zach wants. Don't score points, you know, and yep. they find a way to stop him. So 
you can you can take some good away from it but you're right these guys weren't banking <laughs> being in no, there for 10 this minutes. is not how they plotted it when they yeah. were on the flight here like oh yeah this is how that's gonna go <laughs> uh but i think that's the point you know i mean you got to be able to go be ready and when they it's been referenced multiple times where they had 90 snaps against the steelers in the opener last yeah. i mean they you you got to be prepared for something like that so that, that's as the starters go that was it for the defense uh nick scott missed a tackle on on Bijan Robinson, who like you know, uh, a fourteen yard run has now gone viral because that's what we do with with like yeah. running backs. Uh, and Cam Taylor Britt missed a tackle. I mean, that stuff I think is why you're doing this too. Get those out of the way yeah. the first time you really get out there and tackling. It wasn't great again, but I mean, it wasn't awful on offense. Only Jonah Williams uh, played as far as starters goes. He did a series, uh, which was mainly two parts. I mean, it's kind of just a tie a bow on his rehab and his transition to right tackle to just get him some game reps. And and two, you know, just a, a amateur eye in the moment. I thought Jonah looked fine uh, without going back through anything. And and that's kind of been the case to this point. He's he's not really been an issue uh, yeah. thus far at all. Let's let's uh, there's a few main points I think that we got to touch on that are are some real developments from this game, which didn't have a ton, Dave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, there there were some things I think we got to start with this quarterback situation. So when, yeah. when when Joe Burrow got his calf strain and the world stopped, the silver lining was supposed to be okay. Well, at least you're really gonna get a good look to understand who's best between Jake Browning uh, and Trevor Simeon. And the thought was, okay, well, that that's good. So give m- way more reps, way more opportunities for these guys to grow, get some, some run with the ones, really get a feel. Three weeks later, that silver lining has turned into a concerning issue, is yeah. that these guys might not be very good, be, yeah. and it may not be getting better and it might be time to say all of these reps you just thought you were going to build <laughs> to give these guys some time. You may have to ditch them both and yeah. start looking outside. Yeah. And it's uh, you you see moments. And obviously, Browning had the nice drive at the end that was a lot on his legs. I mean, he he his running was phenomenal on that drive. He's also going against Atlanta's third stringers. It's not like he was out there, you know taken on the top dudes and every I think the thing that disappoints me with Simeon this guy's been a starter in the league now granted he wasn't like a top of the line starter but he's had his shots to be a starter he's come in he's done okay in other places as as a backup but I'm just not seeing it for him him being the veteran out of the two I'm just not seeing it and yeah what do you do I I, you know I think people are going to think Browning separated himself and maybe he did but I you know it wasn't with some phenomenal performance either. I, and and both of them in the last two weeks have done nice jobs of getting out of pressure and then either throwing an interception or last week with Simeon throwing what would have been interceptions if the guy's foot wasn't out of bounds. So some dumb decision-making and yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you look at where we, what we've got right now is Jake Browning, 26 of 39 for 235. That's a 67% completion and six yards per attempt. Um, you mentioned his legs. I mean, he's been 
that's been really his strongest weapon. He's got six scrambles for 55 yards that have really helped. And they did in that last drive. He's got the only touchdown drive in 22 yeah. Bengals drives now, which yeah. is ridiculous. Um, and, and, and I, so I do think that last drive might've made a difference for him in yeah. that regard, but he also had an ugly as hell interception. That was a yeah. stupid boneheaded decision. And, you know, that's something where Trevor Simeon is more of a veteran. You feel like you're going to see, less of from him but Simeon 22 of 42 52 percent completion Mm -hmm. we're down there in the Achilles zone down there (laughs) at 4.4 yards per attempt he had a pick last week never he wasn't been sacked but he's also not really a threat with his legs and hasn't used them to this point so if you're trying to decipher between the two yeah I think Browning has the position right now if that does anything for you we'll maybe learn if they make him the starter in washington next week but like we said i i just think there's a couple of scenarios here where one involves them really taking a a close look at the waiver wire at final cuts and adding a quarterback that someone tries to let go or to sneak onto their practice squad and maybe you're carrying three for the first yeah. month of the season and it's Browning and the other guy while the other guy gets up to speed on the offense. Cause that's yeah. the only way you think you could get him. Or maybe it is a more prominent veteran type or a Brandon Allen comes back. I don't know what it is right now. And maybe it's just Browning, but I, Br- Browning uh, really needs to show even a lot. I think in wa- Washington to, make you feel comfortable to say that he can be the two without bringing some more competition in for him early in the season. Yeah. And I, you know, there's the logic we've said before that if Burroughs hurt, you're probably screwed anyhow, but if you just need a game or two and you need somebody to just keep you afloat, like, you know, you can't just pawn it off to some guy that's just not going to get the job done. So this this isn't go win the Super Bowl. This is go win three games in October. Okay. Or go play, go win two out of three in October. I mean, this is with, with, with stars on your team. And and again, they haven't played with those guys, but they've looked, they, they haven't, they haven't looked great um, in practices either. Talked to quarterback coach Dan pitcher this week about it. And he said, look, and this is kind of an old coach word, but I think it really was more applicable here. He needs consistency, man. And he's just not seeing it day to day, drive to drive where you're feeling, okay, the flash here and there is fine. But like he's looking for somebody that he feels like he knows what he's going to get. And right now, I think, you know, a little bit better what you're going to get with Jake Browning, which, like you said, is a surprise considering Simeon is the veteran that you've seen. But even but still, even with him, there's just you're still riding lots of highs and lows day to day, drive to drive. I mean, to go from a terrible pick to a nice drive at the end is kind of the exact point that he's making. Um, Zach Taylor commented on Trevor Simeon uh, and Jake Browning, both getting points right before the half Simeon having to like call an audible on that little 32nd drive that got him a field goal even, and thought that was a nice job. And so he called it positives to build on. Uh, Yeah. Those were two of, two of a bunch of drives. So those are two positives out of a lot of negatives in there too. So um, we'll see where they go from there, but something to continue to keep an eye on. Another thing offensively that's causing the issues for this team is they can't run the ball for crap. No, I mean, now granted this is preseason. Any other dudes in there, like no no one's sounding alarms, but it's just something to take note of when we start talking uh, about what you're seeing in depth and, and, and confidence and, you have Chris Evans and Chase Brown, who, if you take out Chris Evans's 
the 133 yard run he had last week, the two of them combined for 30 rushes for 61 yards. I mean, it's two yards per carry. It just can't happen. I mean, you got to find there's never anything hardly there for them. I feel like they're trying to find their way up there. There's just, there's just nothing there. And when you, to me, that's more of a reflection on offensive line depth issues that you're seeing. I I think so too. Find anything. Because we've seen both of them have some nice plays in the passing game. And we know Evans is a good receiver. And, you know, even at the end there, Chase Brown showed his nose for the end zone. I mean, he he gives me David Montgomery vibes, about the same size, a, a guy who broke tackles in college. And, you know, he he forced his way in there. So you see little positives out of them. You know, maybe they're not totally killing it. But, I yeah, I just don't think they're getting the holes to go anywhere. Yeah, and, so, and, and it makes it really hard to judge. I mean, we talk so much yeah. about how you got to see these guys in games to really get a judgment on them. And it's really hard to do because there's there's just not really a ton there. That said, I do want to point out something about Chris Evans is this has been a fantastic preseason in camp for him. Yeah. And that continues to stack. I thought he had another nice night tonight, you know, and, and we talked about how wide open this third down job is. And I, I think he's really seized it. And yeah. I think the coaches are recognizing it. Uh, I think his the way they're using him. You're seeing it. And Travion Williams, unfortunately for him, that ankle is truly inopportune timing because Evans has gotten all of these reps and really looked good doing. And you see the advantage. I mean, there is a such a real weapon when you can put Evans out there on the outside yeah. the way they do on a linebacker. I mean, he got himself so open and such a, he's such, such good hands. You saw it tonight. You're like, oh, man, that is something yeah. to have in your back pocket on third down to just be able to put out there. If he's solid enough when he does stay in and protect, which he has been, that I think is really the most encouraging part of this is that if he can just be solid enough and and see stuff when he do ask him to stay in he's so good out in the route he's so good with his hands it's a real weapon uh that you can you can you can see why he would win the job and you'd want him to have that job yeah and i the other encouraging thing is seeing out of out of camp we talked about it on tuesday that he is picking up in pass protection he he got in dj reader's way yeah you know and and he's making those those blocks and um yeah, I, I have to think he's the front runner, and you're right. It's, I, when Travion got hurt, I said it's such a shame because he, he kind of came in as probably the front runner, but this is going to make for kind of a tricky situation. Um, but, yeah, it feels like And, then, you know, you combine Evans look good on his returns and everything. He's, he's offering a lot right now, really. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, one thing I want to note, and it's something that we'll talk about, uh, probably more in depth here on Tuesday when we get into the defensive, uh, season outlook, God dang, this defensive line is running deep right now. Like they, they just have waves of guys that can play. I mean, when you, (laughs) when Raymond Johnson, the (laughs) third and Jeff Gunter are just destroying tackles off the end. And I know these aren't the starters. But I mean, we're not we're not talking about total nobodies out here. I mean, dudes are getting tossed. Yeah. And, I mean, they are just moving people, and those are your th- these are guys that are off the fifty three. These are just background. Hope you can put them on the practice squad, guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's something else. The, the depth that they have at D line and specifically at edge right now. I thought Raymond Johnson looked like a guy. He he looked yeah. like he didn't belong out there with a bunch of second third stringers. Um, and then you had Owen Carney come up with just a massive <laughs> sack. And I realized that was, you know, toward the end. But as Zach pointed out in his postgame thing, that put them out of field goal range. They had mm-hmm. to punt. And he didn't fall for the fake. He just basically went full WWE on the quarterback. So, <laughs> um, yeah, um, Dominique Davis is another. Like, there's so many dudes on the line right now that are just stepping up. It's We talked about it Tuesday. It's a good problem to have. Somebody's going to have to go to the practice squad. But. They got a lot of nice choices there. And, and again, Osai, can't say enough about him. I think he was showing what you've been talking about in camp. He's just looking like he's moved up to the next step. They keep giving him a lot of reps. I mean, they're yeah. they're they're putting him out there not like he's a guy. Like, we, they still want yeah. to see him. And I get it. I mean, they, they just want to make sure, because that's one thing that he hasn't necessarily had a ton of uh when when being out there and being healthy um i, I kind of wonder if he won't play in washington I, I mean i don't know how much you need to see from joseph osai at this point but um you know no no murphy no miles murphy on this trip he didn't make it with an illness um and so we didn't that's unfortunate for him one not only is he from the atlanta area and his like family are all like season ticket holders yeah. but like he, you know, this is big. He needs these. He's kind of been struggling a little bit, needed a big game to go out there and kind of get a little bit of the momentum going and to, you know, be sick and not be able to go is 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 a really tough break for him. But, you know, even, you know, Cam Sample was was in there yeah. uh, and, and had some really nice, some really nice reps too, I thought. So um, I just think that their, their defensive line is really kind of where it all starts for them right now. They just, they got, they have such... A, a good group right right there and it's it's really shown and having that depth um it's just so critical i mean it's the best defenses have defensive lines that can come in waves that can keep those guys fresh and they really are going to have that and i don't they didn't have that last year i mean they had guys playing way too many snaps a lot and mm-hmm. i think luana rumo is going to feel much more comfortable this year after these two preseason games to say let's dial back the snaps a little bit uh, I mean, maybe not on Trey because Trey will probably try to punch him in the face if he tries to take him <laughs> off the field. But like, you know, dial it back as much as you can to keep to know that those guys are going to stay fresh. Yeah. When you need them in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. 
Let's uh I, I want to talk a little bit. We don't have 20 targets for the Andre Yoshivash hype train through two games. The dude's a player, man. Like he's he not, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's not like not, he's not bringing down everything, but he, you really saw tonight. I thought his combination of, of not just his athletic, but his big body with his yeah. athleticism combo. It's the size and the strength yeah. and, and the athleticism to box out the one that right before the touchdown or or just get his body, start getting his body in position. He's always keeping the guy behind him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. that's just that's it's really notable. And I think he's really getting he's getting much better at that. And that's going to make him an impact guy in 2023. Yeah. And the third down conversion he had, he was getting hammered yeah. and he still hauled that in. I mean, it would have been a first down either way because he drew the pass interference, but he hauled that in. I I'd like to see him playing with Burrow. I mean, yeah, you know, the master of the the back shoulder throw and and uh, you know timing patterns things like that. Because right now it's like we're just getting a showcase of him doing jump balls against people. But I feel like once he's with Joe, Joe might be able to find ways to really use that guy. Now we don't want to go all odd and Tate on this and freak out, which we have been <laughs> for weeks. But he this is two weeks in a row, and the the quarterbacks seem to love throwing to him. So. Um, so far, so good with that guy. Everybody wants him to be great, and so far, he's looking like he's a pretty good player. Yeah, and he's obviously still very much learning. I, I'm with you. I I watch him now, and I think, oh man, let's see Burrow throw him the high point outside shoulder, yeah. but you know whatever it is that you see him doing because he's so good at going and getting it. And, you know, they had Duke Tobin on the TV broadcast. And they were sort of joking about, you know, do you, how much do you watch guys when they just met? He's like, oh, I'm watching all of it. And (laughs) there's no way you couldn't watch the play last week and not say, oh, that's a thing. Or some of the plays tonight that maybe didn't even count um, or that were close or that were just not thrown right, but he had gotten himself open um, and say, okay, that's, that's a thing. Uh, So I think another, another arrow up night for Yoshivash. And obviously they just continue to just, Let's just keep throwing it to him, right? Like, just keep <laughs> yeah. chucking it to Yoshimaj and see what yeah. happens. Uh, I thought Charlie Jones had a, a nice night too. He did. Um, he he's starting to fit. He's out there playing with this labrum, but he, you know, you you saw a little bit more of what he can bring. A little bit more of the third down conversion. A little bit more of that separation and getting open and the good hands. And so it, it's he's he's seemed to find a little bit of that that game one to game two confidence jump yeah. that you look to see because he looked like a he looked a little crisper out there tonight. I thought. Yeah, I I wasn't that impressed last week, but he definitely yeah. looked more more what he was sold to be tonight. And we do have to take into account that labor. I mean, he's, he's always going to be playing in pain with that. So to have a night like he had is, is pretty encouraging. So, yeah. Uh, a few other tidbits to touch on before we exit uh, with some, what, what we thought, you know, the max sharpening at center thing. I honestly can't remember how much we touched on this earlier in the week. But I will say they are very much leaning into him uh, as as number one interior offensive line option at all three spots. You know, Trey Hill has been there and it's kind of weirdly been assumed. He just hasn't played well enough for them to just keep saying, oh, yeah, well, Trey's definitely going to be the guy. I think they just I, I think there was an opportunity there. 
and they have given Sharping a ton of reps at center, a place that's a position he's not super familiar with. And now they let him play the whole first half, mm-hmm. you know, out there at center and see how it goes. And, and, and I think he's, I think he has a lot of fans, man. I, I think that they, they want to give him these chances because they like what he's done. He's had a full off season here. Now, remember he came in at cuts last year. So, um, if they have that, if you have confidence in that at all three of those inside spots, I I think um, you feel a little bit better. I've wondered, you know, what if Ted Karras got hurt? I've talked about that a lot last year. I didn't yeah. feel like we knew anything about Trey Hill, except he'd had a, a game where it looked too big for him in Detroit in 2021. And that's really about it. And yeah. you hear good things about what he's doing behind the scenes, but I don't know. I kind of want to see it. And when yeah. we when it's been game time, the lights have come on. It hasn't always been great for him. Uh, so I think this could be a sense that when you see him play in a whole first half, and they did just switch. In the second half, you saw the switch. Trey Hill yeah. went in the center and sharpening out at guard, and they were kind of moving everybody. But that's a lot of time getting a look at Max Sharping and yeah. follow the reps, as I always say. Follow the <laughs> reps. Follow the reps. And if you're following the reps, uh, they're giving Max Sharping every chance to be the backup center, uh, which could kind of put Trey Hill in a little bit of jeopardy, to be honest. Yeah. And if it does, it creates a little more flexibility on what they're going to do at the other positions. You know, we talked about who do you get rid of out of that group. If he can be that versatile and they're happy enough with Sharping to be filling all these different spots they may go a little heavier on tackle and keep another guy around or you can keep less total offensive line and you could keep stanley morgan or one of your extra defensive linemen or a draft pick you 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 you, you, when you start looking at where does the extra guy come from it could come from there potentially if that if you felt confident in that and i'm not don't know if they do because again he's still learning it um but that could be something to keep an eye on there mm-hmm. as well. Because you have so many guys that play guard and tackle. I mean, they're like in this mix, mm-hmm. uh, you know, between Carmen and Ford and you name. It. I mean, these guys all can kind of do a little bit of both. Uh, so it, it, that's interesting to see how that will play out. But keep that in mind. Keep that in the back. A little nugget for you. Um, the The Jordan battle penalty is something that is going to just make Zach Taylor like need to like <laughs> you know uh Papa Xanax or something on the way I don't know I'm not, I'm not saying he's popping Xanaxes but he's doing something you know because yeah. he talked all week about this I the discipline penalties yeah. had him pissed off and he wanted he didn't like that it's not who he's gonna be their team has been notoriously not that the last couple of years and to get a stop down there in the high red zone and only to be taken away for a, a finger wag in the face and kind of standing yeah. in front of the guy afterwards by a rookie who didn't have the greatest week last week. He was up and down last week. Yeah. Um, is not going to sit well. Um, and, you know, part of that is like it's a learning experience and, and that's what yeah. preseason's about. But it's also, you know, you got to know this stuff. Like, you got to know yeah. you, can't do, you can't do the finger wag. You can't get in somebody's face. Yeah, there's a part of me that's like, it's a young guy and it's kind of a dumb rule. But I'm like, but it is a rule. And this is a guy you brought in because of his maturity and because he's this, you know, been a captain for years and played on national championship teams. So it was a little surprising to me that he would make that bad judgment. Again, I think it's kind of a dumb rule. and It's so nitpicky to be like, oh, you you might have upset someone with that finger wag, but you can't do it. And you definitely can't do it when you're trying to vie for playing time. And 
uh, it was just kind of surprising. But yes, I'm I'm guessing after Zach pointed that out that he wanted fewer stupid things to happen. That I'm sure Mr. Anaruma was not happy with that. No, no, that will be that will be aired out again. I'm sure in the film room. Um, one last thing to wrap it up with uh, that we don't really need to talk about, honestly, Dave is Evan McPherson still good. Yeah. I mean, I think we have to have a little Evan McPherson appreciation time because <laughs> I just keep seeing horror stories around the NFL. Like Cade York is just missing kicks like there's no tomorrow. Then he's, you know, shooting out Instagram posts at halftime of the ones he makes. <laughs> uh, Green Bay's going with a rookie kicker. He seems to be missing quite a bit. Uh, San Francisco had their rookie kicker miss a couple uh, apparently he's been pretty good in practice, but when they got to a game, he missed him. Um, yeah, you got a guy that can come out there and kick a 50 yarder that could have probably gone 65 to end a half. He's just good. And it's just yeah. a problem that when you don't have it is you may take it for granted, but it's nice to not have that problem. Yeah. Six of six uh, from on field goals and two of two on PATs. Um just that easy right it looks really easy for him and and it was something where you know i had talked to darren simmons uh earlier in camp and he was like you know evan hasn't he's had better camps um you know and he was still kind of working through some things he's got a bunch of he doesn't have clark and kevin with him anymore he's got these other two youngsters now with them that he's trying yeah. to he, he's kind of the old guy which is weird and so those guys really really helped Ivan in the past so there's a lot of adjusting going on and yet when it's when the lights come on he's a gamer yeah he's a gamer when the lights yeah. come on it doesn't matter and he Darren has talked about that many many times that Evan McPherson you know he he, he taught, told the story famously about how he went out and before the game against Tennessee in the playoffs and missed every damn kick at the end and he made him do it <laughs> seven times in a row until he kept missing and said, finally said, screw, he's not going to make it. And then went out and had the best game ever in the playoffs and, and, and still hasn't missed a playoff field goal. And so that's just, that's just who Evan's going to be. And uh, you know, the, he continues to be in good hands. And I said it, you know, with all the bemoaning of what's happening with Cade York in Cleveland, that game is a hundred percent coming down to a Cade York field goal. There's no way. Like, there's no way it doesn't end yeah. in like uh it's it's 23-20 Bengals and they got Cade York from 52 or something. Uh and he shanks shanks one or something like that. You can yeah. just you can just feel it when I tweeted oh. that Zach Jackson immediately retorted, Don't yeah. worry, everyone in Cleveland feels the exact yeah. same way. They can and all the, feel it coming. The NFL script writers already have that. Yeah. <laughs> on their script that's coming that's coming for sure there's no question so on a night the Bengals tie 13 to 13 and it's as uninspiring as the score in general <laughs> uh th th i think there were there were some takeaways it was I, we had there were 30 minutes of takeaways dave how about that yeah. in, in in tonight's action so we we yeah. had that going for you plenty to go uh we'll be back on tuesday again we're gonna have kind of our defensive look uh, on Tuesday, take a, a, a much deeper. And now we'll have all of this starter tape to go through. Almost like we planned it that way, Dave. Look at us <laughs> yeah. go. Look at us go. Yeah. Um, but really, uh, what's their expectations? What can this season be? What are the defining factors? Uh, a ton of stuff to dive into on what the Bengals' defensive expectations are going to be. We'll get into that a lot more on Tuesday, plus the last preseason com coming up. And then uh, cuts uh, are just around the corner um you know you i love to drop beautiful little nuggets for people and 30 minutes in 
after an uninspiring 13-13 tie, I just want to let the real ones know the live season kickoff podcast at 50 West is back again this year. Thursday night, the night of the Chiefs and the Lions at 50 West. Uh, be coming to you live with a cavalcade of stars, as always, uh, from up there. Uh, the Chiefs Lions game will start right when we get done. So you can cheer on the Lions. I'm sure Bengals fans would love to do that. Have some drinks. Uh, and uh, you know, you can hang out with us for a little bit. We'll do that out in the beer garden. If you've come to the event the last couple of years, it's honestly one of my favorite nights of the year. It's so fun to do a deep preview of the season with some of the people that we're on the beat with. And um feels like a good night to reunite with one Jay Morrison as well. If he'll, <laughs> if he'll be willing, he's never really one to come out and have a couple of drinks at, <laughs> at, at 50 West. I uh, mean, the sand volleyball courts alone. alone. There. Yeah. No, no, so that would be super exciting. Uh, keep an eye out for that Thursday night of kickoff weekend. Uh, it's going to be fun. Hopefully you can come on out there. We'll have plenty more details coming your way on at, with that. Um, so anyway, Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of The Walkout. We'll be back on Tuesday talking defense. Talk to you later. Have a good one, everybody.